set. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I love you. I love you. I love you. Break it down like this. Welcome to Parenting with Patricia. Twice monthly conversations, insight, and advice on raising happy, resilient children. Your host, Patricia Pearson, LCSW. If you have a problem, question, or comment that you would like Patricia to address on the show, email parentingwithpatricia at gmail.com. Welcome to Parenting with Patricia. This is episode number five, and I am your host, Patricia Pearson. Today's show is going to be a little different. Usually, I interview a guest about an important parenting topic, but today's show is all about parenting pet peeves. Now, I believe that most parents do their best, and they're not bad parents, at least not on purpose. Yet, sometimes I think we've all had that feeling that some parents just should have never had children. Parenting pet peeves are the things that parents do that drive us crazy, make steam come from our ears. In this episode, I'm going to hear from a parent who talks about what their parenting pet peeve is, and I will argue with them that it's not really that annoying. And also, I'm going to share with you one of my biggest parenting pet peeves, and you can decide if it's worthy to be categorized as a pet peeve or a simple annoyance. Now, I'm going to continue to do these Parenting Pet Peeve episodes every now and then, so give it some thought. What drives you crazy that other parents do? What is your biggest parenting pet peeve? You can share it with me by emailing me at parentingwithpatricia at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, hear about what annoys you from other parents, and maybe I'll share your parenting pet peeve on one of the episodes. Also in the show, I'll be answering an email from some parents who just adopted a baby. I adopted my daughter, Jenna, and adoption is something I'm very passionate about, so I love adoption questions. But first, I wanted to share with you a new book I just received in the mail. The name of this children's book is Me, My Selfie, and I. It is a book by Jamie Lee Curtis and Laura Cornell, and I really like a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis's books. And um, this one is just as exceptional. It's for children. It's got a great um, illustrations, um, these silly looking kids with cell phones taking selfies. And it's just a great book to read to young children about social media and kind of introducing some of the, the negative parts of social media because I think children as young as newborns are seeing their parents, their siblings, their cousins, their families, people on the street. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has a, an, a laptop, some sort of device that they're looking at social media. And so newborns are seeing this at the beginning and kids are growing up with it. And so this is a book specifically for children about this topic. And, um, it's it starts off about I'll just tell you a little bit about the story and again the pictures are fantastic each page is just filled with color and just funny funny images um, they're talking about how their mom is old-fashioned and that she doesn't know anything about a smartphone. So for for their birthday, they get mom a smartphone. And she's just so excited to have her new toy. 
and they're going to teach her how to make a, a selfie. And so they tell her to stick her tongue out and to pose different silly ways. And then throughout the book, it's all about taking selfies with mom, going to the store, going to the park, going to the grocery store, everywhere that they go. They are taking selfies and they're having so much fun and mom is just so happy and they do this and then it's, they've got a thousand selfie pictures that they've taken and they just said that this was become crazy and all of a sudden the kids realize um, that this has been a bad mistake, that it says in the selfie craze, big bad mistake, all these pictures now seem fake. So they're realizing that the fakeness of the pictures and mom's birthday party outside there with her friends and and are they really having fun? Is it really what it looks like in these images? Um, and one of the pictures here is just um, a great picture here where it's like a meme and that the picture of mom goes viral and and that mom is obsessed with getting more and more likes and more and more selfies and more and more. And a million likes later, she's a selfie star. And so mom has become a selfie star. And all she wants is to do selfies, do selfies, do selfies. Until I stopped the madness. No more, mom. We're through. And the kids are telling the mom we're through with this. Um, and mom got quiet. She hugged me and said, this whole selfie madness has gone to my head. This birthday gift mom went wrong from the start. I love you for your big selfie free heart. Then mom said, thank you and put it away. We'll selfie again on some special day. And then all the screens went off and the rest of the book is about mom spending time with her family and her children and just having a great time cuddling and spending um, quality time together with no more selfies. The best time of all is selfless family love. And I just really like this book. And so I, I recommend you to look for this on Amazon. Look for it um, in the bookstores. It's called Me, My Selfie, and I, A Cautionary Tale. Great for teaching children at a very young age about some of the hazards of social media. So check it out. Parenting pet peeves, those things parents do that make us want to pull our hair out. None of us are perfect parents, but come on people, some stuff parents do is just bad, and the kids are the ones suffering it. So stop doing it. Here is one parent's parenting pet peeve. They write, stop negotiating with your children. I can't stand it when I see a mom or dad in a store or in a restaurant and they say no, and then they continue to go on and on and on negotiating with their child. Recently, I was at the grocery store and I saw a mom tell her child that she couldn't have bubblegum. A few minutes later, the child began insisting on taking the bubblegum off the shelf. The mom kept reminding them that gum was bad for their teeth, and the child continued to argue, I won't chew it, I promise to brush my teeth right after I chew it. And then the mom began negotiating with her child, saying things like, if I get the gum, you have to do your homework when you get home. And I don't think gum's a good idea, but if we get it, you can't get it next time. Why do parents do this? If you say no, then say no. That's it. 
No negotiating. You are the parent, they are the child. By negotiating with your child, you're teaching them that they should want the moon and then negotiate until they get something. And also negotiating confuses children. So stand firm with what you say so that your children know that they can trust that you mean what you say. Well, hmm. thank you for sharing your pet peeve and I hear it, but I disagree. I think that negotiating is a great skill that we want our children to learn. Now, of course, there are some things that can't be negotiated. We can't drive the car until everyone has their seatbelts on. But I believe that it is important that we allow our children to voice their preference and have an opportunity to express why they want what they want. Parents, it's not about them winning or you winning. It's about respect and learning to communicate in a relationship. Should they whine and throw a fit or threaten or be disrespectful? No, of course not. But they need to learn that sometimes they can get what they want by using good, reasonable arguments that are done in a respectful way. And they learn this with you as their parent. And then they use the skill throughout their life and their careers and their relationships. Now, you say that negotiating with your child is teaching them that they should want the moon and then negotiate until they get something. Well, yes, we do want our kids to reach for the moon and we want them to have good, positive negotiating skills to get there or at least close. Now I want to share with you one of my parenting pet peeves. When your child steps off the school bus or walks in the door after school, stop asking, did you have a good day or a bad day? Stop demanding a report of how their behavior was that day. What if they had a good day at school? They get to play at home and enjoy their evening. And if they got a red card or a sad face at school, then there's no TV, no dessert, no playing with friends. This is ridiculous. Think about it, adults. If we had a bad day at work, we lose an important contract. Our boss tells us that we have not been meeting expectations or we make a decision that loses the company lots of money. Do we come home, hide our cell phones, not talk to friends, ban ourselves from TV and deprive ourselves from a yummy dessert? Hell no! We might pour ourselves some wine, bend watch our favorite TV show, or make a pan of brownies and eat the whole thing. What happens at school should be taken care of at school. When your child comes home, it's a new start. Now listen, this does not mean, it does not mean that you should ignore bad behaviors at school. Teachers have a very difficult job. And I truly believe that teachers are very, very important to our children. Their job is to teach their child, your child. It is not to parent your child. So I am not saying ignore behaviors at school. We need to support our teachers and help them with what they are doing with our child. What I am saying is not to punish your child. Use it as a time to teach them and to help them. Talk to them about what happened at school, how they felt, why did it happen. Help them come up with solutions, help problem solve with them, and let them know that you're there for them to help them have better days at school. After all, isn't this what we want from someone when we come home from work after a bad day? Let's hear from you. 
Now is the time when I look at my emails from parents. Remember, if you have a parenting question or concern, you can email me at parentingwithpatricia at gmail.com. Today's email comes from adoptive parents. The mom and dad write, Dear Patricia, We adopted our daughter as a newborn. The most exciting day of our lives was picking her up from the hospital. She is truly the joy of our lives. She's only six months old, but we're already thinking ahead and want to do what is best for our daughter. When is the best time to tell her that she is adopted? Uh, Well, first of all, congratulations. I have an adopted daughter myself, and I know the joy and the happiness that she brings me. So I'm so very happy for your family. Your question is, when is the best time to talk to your child about adoption? And without hesitation, the answer is day one. By talking about adoption early and often, early and often, you let your child know that adoption is something positive and special. It's not something negative or secretive. Now, it may be hard for a young child to understand adoption. Certainly when you're talking to a newborn, they're not going to understand their story. But it's still important to share their story with your child from day one. You can share pictures and let them see their birth mom, their birth family. By telling your child about their birth family and their beginning, it reduces confusion and it makes it easier to answer the questions as your child gets older. Now, even though as a young baby, your daughter is not going to understand what you're saying, it is still good to have these conversations. I remember when I got my daughter as a baby, I remember telling her her adoption story over and over and over. It was kind of a way for me to practice what I was going to say when she got older. I felt comfortable. So by the time that she started talking about adoption, I had said the story a hundred times and it was very comfortable that for something that I could talk about. And the word adoption wasn't new for her. Now, as the child grows, she's going to have different questions and want to know different details about her story. And I think what's important here is to be honest and to be positive. Now, you don't necessarily need to reveal all the information all at once. And there's no need to focus on negative facts or difficult details, but we should never make up stories or make it sound better than it really was. If you don't know the answer to a child's question, it's okay to tell them and say, I don't know. Because that's better than making up the story or telling the child what we think they want to hear. Children will fill in the gaps when they have holes in their story. So we have to make sure that we tell the complete truth about everything. And regardless of your daughter's adoption story and how difficult it might have been, their birth parents bought them into this world and made it possible for for them to join your family. Make sure your daughter understands that she's loved. I like to add the word forever when I say I love you. I think children who are adopted need to know that it's forever. So when I tell my daughter when she was little, I would tell her I loved her. I always added the word forever. I love you forever. Sometimes certain adoption stories are difficult to discuss with your child. Yet your child has the right and needs to know the full story. Like I said... If we leave out things, they'll fill in the missing pieces. And when they use their imagination and fill in these pieces, 
it's very often worse than the truth. Also, I think that by talking to your child about adoption early on and often, it gives them the permission to talk about it when they are ready and when they want to. Now, if a parent never talks about adoption or never talks about their birth parents, their birth family, the child feels like it's something secretive and something they can't talk about. Or sometimes children will feel guilty talking about their adoption or their birth parents and feel that it might hurt you. So if the parents talk about it, it gives them the permission and says to them, this is an okay topic to talk about. Takeaway from today's show, Parenting Pet Peeves. What a fun episode. Parenting is hard, and I truly believe that we all do our best. We all come from different homes, different backgrounds, and we all have different beliefs. We don't always agree with the things that other parents do. Some things are just annoying, and some things are strong parenting pet peeves. If something other parents does bothers you, then I encourage you to take some time to think about it. Really think about it. Research. Talk about it with other parents. Educate others about your beliefs and be open to change your beliefs if it's in the best interest of your child. We can all learn other ways to look at things and learn other ways to be a good parent. And this podcast could be your chance. Now, I'm going to have these Parenting Pet Peeve episodes every now and then, so let me know your Parenting Pet Peeves. It's not about offending other parents or arguing that what you believe is right, but it's a chance for you to vent about what drives you crazy and to learn about what other parents believe. Parents, thanks for listening and thank you for caring about your child. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at parentingwithpatricia at gmail.com. Share your ideas and thoughts for future episodes. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Patricia Pearson, LCSW. Also remember to subscribe to join us bi-weekly for discussions on these podcasts for parenting issues that you want to know. You may not know this, but when you subscribe, rate me, or leave a comment, it helps other parents find the podcast, and I certainly appreciate it. Until next time, remember, parents are important. You are important.